Welcome to Conversation Mill. My name is Rebecca Dale and I am the host of the show. I have a passion for sharing how the creation of thriving local economies benefits us all. I'm fascinated by how we come together to form our communities on a macro and micro scale and how our histories and stories when shared can not only motivate and inspire, but can facilitate understanding. As our communities, large and small, bring back a more progressive Main Street, individuals are stepping out to pursue their passions and local leaders are pushing back against corporate greed. It's time to engage these community leaders and small business owners in conversation. What are the driving forces behind their courage and success and how can we continue to build communities that embrace diversity, support the local economy, and create a healthy ecosystem for the culture at large? Join us now in conversation. This conversation with Bonnie about her product, Coco Noni, was such a special conversation for me. Besides Bonnie welcoming me into her home welcoming this stranger into her home and sharing her space with me, her product had a significant impact on me. I share my story about utilizing her product that she gifted me upon first meeting and what the results were. Um, I share this story on Substack, so please go over to Conversation Mill substack.com for that story of the the healing that I experienced with Kokononi and then also some additional content that will be there uh, this week. It is an additional cost to be a member of our conversation mill on Substack, but your membership there not only gets you access to additional content from every episode, essays and more, but it supports the efforts of the podcast, which is to bring awareness to what's happening locally into our local economies across the country. And the goal of bringing guests that offer inspiration, that offer different ways of doing things, that offer business tips, encouragement, um, and insight. Take some time this week, head over to conversationmill.substack.com, support the podcast, and check out my personal story with Coco Noni. But now, please join Bonnie and I in conversation. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today. And let's go ahead and get started. There's so much that I want to talk to you about today. And I'm sure we'll get to a lot of it and a lot of different things. But let's start with what is Coco Noni? Coco Noni is a healing product that is made primarily from the leaf of the Noni tree, which is the Noni trees were um, brought over by the Polynesians back when they came when they came from came to Hawaii. Uh, of the twenty three canoe plants, it was the only one that was just for healing. Mm. So they used to take the fruit and they would. Um, they would wait till the fruit ripens and they would eat it, but they would also take the leaf and uh, a lot of traditional ways say that they that you heat the leaf and then you put the leaf on to make it like a poultice. I don't. I use fresh leaf. Okay. So what cocononi is, is, is leaf, is the actual leaf of the tree um, mixed with Dr. Bonner's fair trade coconut oil. Um, the, the beeswax actually is from... Uh, up up country apiaries and they're one of my global partners mm -hmm. and they put the um when they do a rescue hive they put the wax into a solar filter so it doesn't even get heated until i get it and then i heat it to just to put it into the product but it has propolis in it it has honey in it and beeswax itself is an antibiotic um all of those are really super good qualities to have in there. So those are the those are the ingredients of the cocononi. I also make an oil too. Um, that is avocado oil that is infused with Royal Hojari frankincense resin, spikenard root, and um, noni leaf. 
And those are the... Where, where did this come to you from? Because where, where did that journey to work with Noni start? Well, one day when I was living over in Lahaina, I was riding my bike down to feed. I, I was manager of a cat colony and I went down to go feed the cats and I fell. My, mm. my bike went down. I got back on my bike and my leg was all like bloody and, you know, rash. And I hear this thud and I was like, okay. And I turn around and look and there's a noni tree. And I didn't know what noni was. But I went over there and and picked up the fruit and went, okay, and just rubbed it all over my leg. And the pain stopped immediately. It stopped the bleeding. And um, then the next week, I was down at, at Choice that opened up in Lahaina, um, like that week. And they had a little Lend Library in there. And the Lend Library, they had this book called um, Noni Aspirin of the Ancients by Diane Fairchild. And it was her, all of her research that she had done because she was a stewardess. She was a uh, stewardess on an air on an airline, and she got um, an AI disease mm. from the breathing the same air all the time. And Noni was what healed her. So she put this book together. She went around and talked to all the ancients, and she got all the different pieces and parts of what you could be used. So that was when I found out about the leaf. I was like, oh, you can use the leaf. So I switched immediately because the fruit stinks, mm -hmm. you know, and when it came time to help somebody and to heal somebody, using the fruit just doesn't work to put it into salve. It just, it's yucky. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just went ahead and decided to throw the leaf in with the, with the coconut oil. And it was, it was, the reason I did it was I had a friend who had stage four cancer mm -hmm. and I needed a way to get the leaf to him without actually getting the leaf to him. And so that's how it started. That's how Cocononi started. I had the name, I had the the logo. Everything mm -hmm. was that day when I did what I did and it wasn't it was a big sloppy mess. It was not what you, you know, the beautiful salve that you have here, but it it was a but it did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. And I just got the downloads. Um these these plants, these all these trees that I have here, they're volunteers. They came up on their own, you know, from seed and they're just beautiful plants. I mean, they just... I wanted to ask you that where you get your noni leaves from. Are they just from the plants you have here on your porch today? The majority of the, the leaf that I have used in all the products for the last two years have come from a tree in Lahaina. Okay. That is in a grave of on the grave of George Dunn in Holy Innocence Graveyard. And they periodically cut that tree back. The first time they did it, I was devastated because it was like they cut down the tree, but it grows back. Mm -hmm. And when it grows back, it grows back more lush and bigger and, and all this. So I would every couple of weeks go over and pick leaves and then bring them back and then they stay fresh you can put them on your counter and just stay fresh you can use them just cut a little piece out of them and use them as a bandage mm -hmm. put the salve on them and put them right on you know whatever's going on and it'll take the pain away it, it it's just amazing and then i'll use then i'll use the others that will um go into the salves okay or and then when when i cut it all out from the leaf what's left that goes into the oil so I use every part of it. So when you're using the leaf as a Band-Aid, what is the leaf doing? What is it? it do, what is it releasing? It sucks. Okay. It sucks out anything. It is a very drawing plant, right? So if you have, um, if you have like, okay, so like a guy just, just recently ended up with a brown recluse bite, mm. right? And it was horrible. And I said, you need to get antibiotics because it's, you know, it's gonna, you're going to get a secondary infection with that. Mm -hmm. But once he got the antibiotics, it wasn't taking care of it. So we then we went back and did the salve and the leaf and just leave it on there. Same thing with the burn. Mm -hmm. I had a gal that had a really nasty burn and we put the salve on there and put the leaf and I said, just leave it. She goes, when do I take it off? And I said, when it wants to come off, it'll come off, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much. And you mentioned how the early Hawaiians, the Polynesians that came, brought that plant with them on their canoes. Do you know what they were using it for? Have you studied that at all? Like, wh how were they using it in that same way? Same way. Okay. They were using it for healing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The the 
fruit, which they used a lot, they say they fermented it. So you're familiar with the fermentation process, right? Mm -hmm. So when I do the fruit, I do it fresh. I don't ferment it. I like it better that way. It's sweeter, right? Mm -hmm. And I, to me, it's like when it's ripe, that's when you're supposed to eat it, not you know the fermented. But the fermented, you take the the fruit and you put it in a in a jar. This is evidently came from the whole ancient Hawaiians, and it's like, well, they had jars, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know, there's a question mark there in in my in my way of thinking. Um, And the same thing with the heating of the leaf. Mm. because that is a traditional way to do it and that's the way people have done it but when you take when you heat the leaf mm-hmm. all the medicine comes out at once so you put oh. it on there and all the medicine goes in but then the leaf is done mm-hmm. right if you use fresh leaf it's like a time release thing gotcha okay, okay. and it's so gentle i mean this does the same thing with cancer i mean i've i've had cancer um what do they call it? Squeegee cells or whatever they're, they're called and stuff. And I'll go to the doctor and she'll say, you don't want me to zap it? And it's like, no, let me take care of it. So she would point out one area and I would just put the salve on it for a while. Mm-hmm. I had my my brother-in-law um, had a tumor on his face that it was benign, but it was just this ugly, gnarly looking thing. And I was like, why don't you have it removed? And he said, because the doctor said it'll just grow back. And I said, just try it. So he yeah. tried it for like two months and the thing fell off and new pink skin came under and it never grew back. It never grew back. Wow. It, it, and it works that way for everything. Like when somebody was like, do you think it'll work for this? And it's like, try yeah, it. Yeah, try it. You <laughs> yeah. Know? What, what was the process of you getting started with this and in developing these products? Because you mentioned that the first batch was a sloppy mess and you had to get to what you have now. So how did you know, and, and you you sort of alluded to it a little bit in an answer before about a, a download, which I want you to elaborate on, but how, what, what was that? What was your first try that turned out a sloppy mess? And then what did you do next to to start to fix that? My process is try this, try this, try this. And if it doesn't work, it works for something. Mm-hmm. It. I do not. Nothing goes to waste. I gave you the the byproduct that for the cleaner. I mean, yeah. it, every single bit of it. There's none of it that goes to waste. Um, how did I get started on it? Basically, when I first started with it, other than this gentleman that had the stage four cancer, I would just like mix up a batch of it, try different jars, like get them off the internet and say, cool, let's try this, let's try this, let's see what's going to happen. I started out with just the coconut oil and the the noni leaf, and it mm-hmm. was it's sloppy without mm-hmm. putting the beeswax in it. And when you um when people would get would get hurt, I would like I used to hang out at Maui Kombucha. That was my my place where I'd hang out. Yeah. Every people walk in, somebody walks in, they're limping or they got a cut on them and you can see what's going on. And it's like, here, try this. And I would just hand it to them. And that's how I started with, with all of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I gave out, I could, thousands of little, you know, little yeah. jars of cocononi as it was progressing through the thing. And it was like, yeah, this worked or this wasn't so good. And when I started putting the beeswax in it, Again, it's just this, mm-hmm. you got to play with it. And, and when I say downloads, the, I get guided. I get, I get summoned. Like if people say that you should ask permission when you go, when you're do, doing harvesting, especially right. Hawaiian, right? You should ask permission. I get summoned. I get summoned. I get, it's like, okay, I get up in the morning and I guess I got to go to Lahaina today and go pick leaves, you know, and I go pick leaves and I don't know why I'm picking them because I don't really need them. I got plenty of stuff in the background. I get home, somebody's hurt. Mm. Somebody needs leaves, somebody needs, and they know me now. So they know, you know, they call me and say, you got leaves, you got, you know, you got product and I'll go up and help whoever. I mean, I don't charge for any of that stuff. It's the joy is giving it away and helping people. That's my whole thing. When you talk about that being summoned, the calling, whatever that is, and we don't have to obviously, and we won't figure out what that is today, but what what helps you hear that or feel that calling? Is it stillness? Is it your lifestyle? Is it? It's paying attention. Mm-hmm. I live alone with cats. I got cats around here and stuff. And, they, and you know, cats, we have conversations, but 
other than that, I'm, I don't have any distractions from humans. Mm. That's what stops me. That's when the brain starts kicking in and I'm having conversations that's coming from here, not coming from my heart, not coming from my you know, solar plexus, not coming from my soul. And I have a lot of people on the other side. And I, I'm not clairvoyant in the, I don't hear people speaking to me or of that, but through music, like I have 646 songs on my iPod and I'll be thinking about something or something will come in and this song will come on out of random out of 646 of them of the one song that is like brings me back to focus into what it is I'm, I'm supposed to be doing. So they're looking for me. They're yeah. looking out for me. And whenever I do whatever I do and I go, oh, that that one didn't work. That one's no good. Then they're going, you know, but you, you know, you got this thing going on over here. Just try it. See if it works. You know, I'm, that's all I use. Mm -hmm. It's all I, whenever I get hurt. And for a while there, it was like, oh, good. I hurt myself. Again. <laughs> I <can test laughs> Let me this try out. this one and see if this one works, you know, uh -huh. but it has, I mean, centipede bites, um, mm. it sucks the poison out, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's good for infants. It's absolutely, I mean, they can even like get it in their mouths and it's fine. Oh, in fact, the um, uh, studio chiropractic up there has my my stuff and they have, she has a lot of new moms mm. and they use it for their nipples. Mm, sure. It works great to, to stop the pain on the yeah. nipples and stuff. So it's like nipple cream now for them. Yeah. You know? What led you to this holistic lifestyle? Well, that started when I was the corporate queen <laughs> and over, living over in Lahaina, making fistfuls of money, had the Mercedes, had the beach house, you know, had so much money. I was a raging alcoholic, mm. a functioning alcoholic, but, a you know, I mean, yeah. I, was, I was steady alcoholic. And then on a, on a whim, I ended up going to Africa for the first time. Mm. And I was on, at the time, I was on four different boards. I was like chairman of the board of the Rotary Club that, the, for the international projects and all these things. And as soon as I got back from, from Africa, it was like, it, it was haunting me. Mm. It was saying, this isn't where you want to be. And it took me, I first went in 2006, I went back again in 2008. Um, but it took me until 2012, really, to get out of that. I mean, I quit my job in 2008. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I retired early at 52. And when I did that, I, the money was there however I needed it. It wasn't, I never, I was never involved in any of this. I didn't get involved in this until I moved over here. Mm. So in 2012, actually on 12 21 2012 was the day that I moved over here and got the proceeds from my house. So my Mayan calendar, when it, you know, that was it, um, I changed my name back to my maiden name. Mm. which opened up ancestry to me, which is amazing when you change your name back, how many doors open up from that weren't there before. Um, and all of those things just pushed me over to the side and said, you need to get away from Lahaina. Mm. You need to get away from it. First, the heat was too bad. So I sold my house and moved over here and was a total wreck. I was like, horizontal rain for two and a half weeks and it just didn't stop. I had two cats. They were both under the bed the whole time. They didn't come out. Um, and then slowly it was, things just started working and there was one tree over at K&I Peninsula. You know mm -hmm. K&I Peninsula? Yeah. There was one noni tree over there and that was the first noni tree that I started with his with his stuff. That, was, that started was in 2015 was when that started. What happened on that first Africa trip that made you come back and start to think this isn't the life I want for myself or I have or I have to change something uh the first the first trip not so much because that was animals right okay. so w when you're in the tent camps when you're doing that in luxury tent camps um you don't get to see the people mm -hmm. you don't they're like they they come in and go, they bring you your coffee, they do whatever they do, but you don't get to really meet with them. In 2008, I went to, with the Cheetah Conservation Fund. This was really amazing. So I went with Cheetah Conservation Fund in Kenya, and our mission was to trap and radio collar two cheetahs. Okay. And so here I am, the corporate princess, 
totally inconvenienced from, okay, we've, we're not in the luxury tent camps anymore. Yeah. Now we are freaking camping on the ground. Yeah. And the ground is, it's a crystal. Sure. Africa is, there is no dirt. There is just crystal. Mm-hmm. And I, that's where I wrecked up my hip. I mean, just sleeping on the, you know, little thing. It yeah. was like horrible. But we, um, we encountered some cheetah, but not too many. But the, what I got to do was I got to meet the people. I got to connect with the people. And what really changed my life was when we were at, we went over to the lady I was with, Mary Weikstra of the um, Cheetah Conservation Fund. We were on a break. We were with Dr. Tari, who is the Wildlife Service, national, the Kenya Wildlife Service veterinarian who was going to dart the, shoot the cheetahs. Okay. So he was with us. And it's like Doc Tari was when I was nine years old. Doc Tari was like that. There was a TV show called Doc Tari. Okay, you know? was, okay. the guy was white, but it was it was completely different. But still, it was. Now I'm with Doc Tari. I'm living my dream, right? From twelve years old. Yeah. And we were sit. We went over to this guy's house for chai. And when we went over for um, chai, I was like trying to figure out how not to drink it because it it had milk. You know, the milk and spices I didn't like. And. The wife is pregnant, eight months pregnant, and he. they live in a place that's like made of mud and dung. The doors don't fit. Mm-hmm. They bring out these these broken up chairs and put them down, and he says, you're thrown, madame, and honors me with the first cup of chai. And the smiles on their faces are so wide. I mean, like it's all teeth. Mm-hmm. They're so happy to give you everything they have. And when she goes to pour the chai and it comes out clear. Okay. It, it doesn't have the milk and spices in it. And I look up at her like shocked. And then she apologizes to me because they don't have the money for the milk and spices. It's just mm. tea. That was it. Mm. That was what changed my entire, wow, these people are joyous. They give you everything they have. We have everything and we're miserable. And that's wrong. Mm. You know, that's that was when I realized that you know, like even even some of the the stuff that they do for Africa, as far as you know, the different you know contribute money. These people are you know destitute, and they need you know all this other stuff. First of all, most of the money doesn't get there anyway. Secondly, mm-hmm. you don't want to give them money. Money, money doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You give them love. You go and you give them love, and you give them encouragement. And that was what happened with with um, the conversation that we had with Doc Tari that day was that. We talked about the bees. Okay. And the bees, um, he was saying they had a problem with the bees because they have this, they were taking the the cows through these cattle dips. The they had they were a pastoral people, mm-hmm. right? So for eons, they've had these funky looking cows with these big old long horns, and they would like tap the vein and drink the blood, mix it with the milk, and that's what they would drink, right? But they never ate the meat because it was too precious. I mean, it was too just way too precious to to kill a cow, right? Mm. Um, And what happened was they decided that they were going to homestead. They wanted better production, better milk and meat production now Mm -hmm. um, for the cows. So they mixed mix them breed they bred them with um uh, netherlands with the cows from the netherlands these beautiful doe-eyed creatures right okay and what happened was the meat and milk production was great but the 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 cows couldn't deal with the diseases that the ticks oh. brought with them mm-hmm. so to to counter this they drive every single head of cattle ever through a swimming pool full of insecticide every week. Oh wow. Which just shocked the hell out of me. Yeah. And what but that was something they were used to. So this was news to me, but this was like this is what they do. But the problem with the bees was the bees were flying to the cattle dips and they were taking the cattle dip water back to their hives to cool their hives and you oh. know using the water and they didn't know what that was going to do to the honey, what it was going to do to the bees. And it was like, we were just horrified about that. Wow. So when I yeah. got back from Kenya, I was thinking about the fact that these people didn't have anything to eat. So I sent $50 through Mary to to give to Sam and his family and say, you know, 
at least this will feed them for a while. They, their garden was dead. They were going to have to move back to the slums of Kibero, and this, the slums are just the hor- most horrible place on the face of the planet. She's out here. She's nine months pregnant. She's ready to have a baby. And they, um, he bought a beehive. He bought his first beehive. And that beehive in 2011, we went back and harvested. I harvested that beehive with Sam. Uh These are African bees. These are not nice bees, I mean, but they were the most mellow bees. And and it was such a trip to get all dressed up in the bee suit and just have these bees just like hanging here and doing this. But he, he couldn't feed his family. He didn't have the money to feed his family. And I said, you know, money is not what you need. I said, the bees will put food on your table. That's what you need. Mm-hmm. And every time they would, every time it got to the place where he would, the only thing that he could do to send his kids home uh, off to school was with honey in their stomach. That was all they had was a spoonful of honey. Mm-hmm. And then he'd get a call from somebody that had a beehive that they needed him to come and rescue and, and redo it. And then he would get the money from it. So it was the same thing of like, he was getting, they were putting food on his table, but they weren't putting money in his bank account right much but now he's the bee man of africa wow just from the encouragement mm-hmm. that was in 2008 and that was when i came back and that was what i, I walked off all the boards yeah. and i said i need to move i need to get out of here i need to go over here and i went back one more time we took in 2013 we took bees on safari we took live bees to um, villages that couldn't even speak Swahili, so we had four translators. Wow! And he, Sam gave the talks on sustainable bee farming in, you know, in these villages that were just, I mean, Samburu villages is like that's incredible. You mentioned because I think this is such a part of what Kokononi is is kind of your ability to change your lifestyle, trust that whatever was coming next was the right thing, lean into it, and continue even when it wasn't easy. It could be really easy for someone to move out here. It rained for two weeks straight. Get depressed and then let that define the rest of your time out here or to go back to the safety and comfort of what you know or get another job or whatever it may be. So I think this kind of ties in and helps the listeners and helps me to understand a little bit more. But you mentioned being a functioning alcoholic. When I watched some of your videos in Africa, you mentioned having a lot of fears, a lot of phobias. That's a lot was that something you were able to come back from those multiple trips from Africa and it was such an aha moment that you were able to just kind of let those things go? Or what work, additional work did you have to put in? Was it, because sometimes you've built up and created a life for yourself that's causing you so much stress that when you step away from it, all those other things sort of fall away. Was it that or what did you have a lot of work to oh, do Oh no, they just you? replaced by more stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, um, I have uh, I have an AI disease mm-hmm. that I get. It's called Hodgkin's, or not Hodgkin's, sorry. It's um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it's, is it, when you get stressed out, your body attacks the thyroid. Mm-hmm. So then, the, of course, the hormones are like up and down, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I was in such a bad situation that I didn't even, when I moved over here, I was, yes, I had moved away from all that stress and all the other stuff, but I was still drinking, mm. you know? And then I found kombucha and the kombucha was, has alcohol in it too. So then I was drinking kombucha and drinking beer mm-hmm. and that, all that stuff is just, alcohol is bad for me. I can't, I can't drink alcohol. I have to stop with alcohol, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would go through these little, these little rounds of getting around. How I came out of it, the work is constant. Mm. And there's days, like there was a, there was a time in January where I was, I got to get out of here. I got to move. I got to move. This isn't working. There's something mm-hmm. wrong, you know? And my friend, a really super good friend of mine who used to be um, the eighth grade teacher at Sacred Heart School, Mariana, um, and Susan was the principal, and both of them just said, just wait. Just mm-hmm. try wait mm-hmm. instead of trying to figure out what you're going to do because you're stressed, mm. right? 
and let it work itself out. And it always works itself out. It works itself out so much better if I leave it alone. And that's why I'm here Mm. is to go, okay, that didn't work out, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. That just means it didn't work out. So move over here. What if you move a little bit to the left? What if you move a little bit to the right? Mm -hmm. You know, what if that person that triggers you, just you let them go way out of your life and just don't be a part of their life anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the kind of things that I needed to do. And I, um, I like, I have to be by myself a lot. I don't, I'm not very good with more than two or three people at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was having to go out into the world and actually go to the farmer's markets and sell it, I'm great when it's like one-on-one if they come to me. I have to wait for the invitation. If, they, if they're coming up, if they're moving up, I got them, right? Mm-hmm. But if they're like looking at it like this and, you know, I don't know, or if I have to say, you know, come on up or, do you, you know, what? I don't like to sell it. It doesn't work when I sell it. It only mm-hmm. works when somebody is interested in what it is. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, I gave it away anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved giving it away. That is the the that is my currency mm-hmm. for getting it, you know, getting it back. And that helps me to stay sober. Mm. You know, once in a while I'll have a couple, couple beers, mm-hmm. but I, for the most part, I'm sober. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm off the booch again. I was drinking a gallon of booch during COVID. I was drinking a gallon of booch wow. a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and smoking pot and, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah. It's like, no, I need to I need to pay attention to what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. So when I do that, when I let that aside, then the product, which I call a product, but it's it's more of an organ, it's an organism, mm. right? I'm just giving it a new form and, mm-hmm. and allowing it to get where it needs to go. I'm the vehicle for this medicine. The medicine's way smarter than I am. I, I think it's so interesting because there's a lot of, natural products out there, right? A lot of people who are into different types of healing, um, whether it's from a spiritual, emotional, mental, physical space, right? And everybody kind of comes at these things from different angles and different ways and have have different stories. But I think what's unique about, one of the unique things about you, there's many, but you and I had a conversation when I first met you about um, like the time bank and and also the idea of the money will come. Like if I'm providing this product to people, even if I'm giving it away, something always comes behind that where the money comes. Can you talk a little bit about that philosophy? How that works? Yeah. Okay. First of all, it's not money. It's whatever you need comes Mm -hmm. and you have to let, this is the, it's the, it's the people that have money is the only thing that people are focused on of, I try to give something to someone and they're like, what's the catch? What do I need to pay? Or here, let me give you money. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm giving you this. This is a gift, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to make an offering to me, then I would certainly receive it, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm not asking, I'm not giving you this to say, I need money for this, right? Mm. Um, Money and currency are two different things. Money, as far as I'm concerned, is going down. Mm -hmm. And in my, um, my gene keys, my, my pearl is the end of money. So I'm on this earth to help people understand how we can get, and this is a big thing I learned in Africa. These people don't need money. They go Mm. down and they drink it at the bar. They don't buy food for their family, Mm. right? You, you got to show, you got to, just give them support. If you just give them, send them an email and let them know that they're doing a good job, you know? Um, as far as, the, and they have no money. They mm-hmm. have absolutely zero money. So that the the thing with the money, the, the thing with the time bank, so if, if mm-hmm. I can go to the time bank for yeah. a minute, the time bank, they're all over the world. And what you do is you give your time to help somebody else. Somebody puts a need, posts a need. I need somebody to pull weeds for me. I need to go to the doctor. I need to do this. And people go, yeah, sure, I can do that. And they do it because they want to do it. They want to help their neighbors. They want to do the right thing. And then they get credit for an hour of their time, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So it doesn't matter if you're a neurosurgeon, you know, or anything it's it's your hour is your hour mm-hmm. 
that's what everybody's time is worth the same amount in the time bank, which mm-hmm. is perfect because you don't have like billionaire hours, right? You don't right. have people hoarding hours, you don't. And the people that a lot of people will go like, well, what, but what do I get out of it? Instead of giving what you get and then whatever comes back is is the gift and you're and you're grateful for that instead of going this is what I want for compensation mm-hmm. right so the time bank which we've I've been doing this since 2008 I've been trying to get people in in behind this and now finally people are because they're realizing we're not gonna have money here pretty soon mm-hmm. but with the way that the interest rates are going and um you know the whole crypto thing and what exactly is going to happen with that Money, money isn't gonna isn't gonna hack it anymore, mm-hmm. or things are gonna become too expensive that we're not gonna be able to buy them. Mm-hmm. So what do we need to do? Then we need to bring it local. We need to fi- find an alternative for whatever it is that you're buying from Amazon, yeah. Because the ship stopped mo- coming, or whatever the reason is, the grid went down. Whatever it is, we got to have people in places that, when the grid goes down, we go meet. On Tuesday at this time, if the grid's still down, and then we get together and we organize. Mm-hmm. What do you have to offer? What what gives your time? And it's not a matter of that. Yeah, you're going to get something back. It's a matter of this. I have to offer. I have this, and then you put that together, and then those are your resources. Those are where you go when you need to get what you need to go, and then you get other places like you know in Kihei, you have a meeting space, and somewhere else, and then you send runners, like one runner mm-hmm. goes from this one for this information to that meeting and, you know, and, and gets with those people. And this is how community works. Mm-hmm. This is how it how it's been for eons. We came up with currency so that we could just use a representation of our hours. Mm-hmm. And it just got all out of whack. So we invented it, we can uninvent it. You know, we can take it back to the to the basics. We're the- going to have to. And you mentioned how there's communities around the world that do this, and one that uh, comes to my mind right away, because uh, I'm from Wisconsin, in western Wisconsin, we have a lot of Amish who get together and raise a barn in a day for the next-door neighbor, and then everyone gets fed, and then when the next neighbor needs a new barn or shed, everyone goes there and raises a barn in a day, one day, because that's just how their community works. They're not exchanging money now they do work with money but as far as inside their community that that's just what they do for each other and it's fast it's great quality and it it's reciprocal right um so that's just one that off the top of my head works consistently and has since the found you know since they were founding well, the communities Amish, the Amish right now are getting picked on because um of the organic beef farming they're shutting them down Mm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, it's it, what they're doing to these organic farmers. Th- right. We're trying to get back to that way. And what they're doing is they're stopping it because they want them. We want you to buy our our beef. Right. You know, kind of thing. Uh, to kind of go on that same theme, I, I wanted to ask you, in theory, right? And, and in practice, these things work. This time bank idea and to even kind of take that language away from it, but just the idea of neighbor helping neighbor and doing what they can for the other. We see it work in these communities. We see it work locally uh, amongst each other. How, though, in your opinion, do those changes happen on a much bigger scale in they larger communities? They don't. Mm-hmm. They have to. It has to be in the community. It can't be like, okay, here's the paradigm. Now you take this pair, you know, you take this, what we're doing here and you mm-hmm. put it like to a big city. It's like, no, it's not going to work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to be in the, in the same area. What if yeah. you, I mean, and they've got more resources too. I mean, right. they don't have like the organic food like we have, but mm-hmm. they have other resources. So it's, um, it has to be community by community. It, and that's what we need to get back to as far as government. We need mm-hmm. to govern our ourselves here, mm-hmm. you know? What what applies to the mainland does not apply here, mm-hmm. you know, and thank God. Mm-hmm. How do we spread that, though? Because if someone's listening to this and they live in rural Kansas and they're like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to start even just myself 
having more of that time bank mentality of going to my neighbor and being like, hey, I'll do this for you because I know you're a really good woodworker. Could you build me a table and I'll do this for you? That's a great way to start it. But what else would you tell them? Because what so we do kind here, of barter, you, right? Yeah. So this isn't really a barter system, right? Okay. It's an hours bank. You're just, you're just banking the hours. And then gotcha. you use the hour for like, so I would have, you know, Courtney up at, at, um, Studio chiropractic would give an hour of, of not an hour, but give a, a an adjustment. That would right. be what her thing would, would be that she'd put in the bank. So after somebody's gone ahead and given their hour, then that's for them that they can go ahead and use that. Yeah. You know, that's the type of thing to do it. Um, as far as currency, that's a completely different story. Now, what is your currency? What do you have to offer? Mm-hmm. Right? So what do you have to offer to the time bank other than your time? You know, mm-hmm. so I have... Cocononi. That's right. my currency. Right. Right. And there's a lot of situations where I need something and I'm like, can I just give you a bunch of cocononi for that? Would that yeah. work? And they're like, yeah, sure, fine. That works, you know? Yeah. Um, so everybody has their own currency. Everybody has something that people need mm-hmm. and mostly what you love to give. Mm. You, you know, it's not like, well, my job is I'm a dentist, right? So I've got, you know, they're not going to go out there and go, okay, I'll give it. I mean, dental treatment or whatever that you don't end up with that, right? Because it's there's so much other stuff involved in it. But for that, say, what is your currency? What do you do? What is you? I mean, this is what you do. This mm-hmm. is your currency. You know, so right. you have you have now um, you're giving people a voice. Mm-hmm. When you give these people a voice, you're not only just doing the podcast, but you also have other material for sound bites that those people can use to promote. Or to, you know, to go back in. I mean, it's you're, right. you're opening this that I has been closed to me for so long, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So, and everybody has that. Everybody's got something yeah. that is valuable uh, enough to where you can give that, that time to someone, right? Yeah. Um, in whatever it is that you do. Going back now to your, your products, to your currency, what are the different... Um, items in Kokononi because you have salves, you have oils. Can you tell us a little bit about each one and what you recommend it for as far as usage? Okay, so the the salve, which is is the Kokononi proper, is um, as I said, noni leaf, coconut oil, and beeswax. It's mm-hmm. all the top of the line, the best you can get. Um, that is best for because it's actually the leaf ground up. That is the best for um, trauma, mm-hmm. any trauma issues, uh, but it also works for mosquito bites. It works for um, uh, for burns. It works for pretty much anything. The um, it, it works for skin. The thing about the skin is like if you have like eczema or something, mm-hmm. that's where the oil would work better. Okay. So the oil is avocado oil that's been infused with Royal Hojari frankincense resin, spikenard root, and noni leaf. Mm-hmm. Now, both of those, the resin, the spikenard and the and the resin are both biblical. Mm-hmm. So it's called anointing oil. So it's Jesus was given the gift of frankincense at his birth and his feet were anointed with spikenard when he went to his death. Yeah. So that kind of brings it all together in the, in the holiness of what it is. And it's called truth serum. And that, those are the only agree- ingredients that are in there. The oil itself I've been doing since 2015. Okay. And it's an alchemical process. So it's not like I did a batch yesterday. It's not like that batch is going to be going the first to go out. Mm -hmm. That one gets circulated. I use some of it. I mix it. I do the thing. And then all of it at the end of every batch goes into the, I call cosmic brew. So there is a little bit of every batch in every every batch. Okay, so what that does is when you're, and a lot of it's aged as well. Like I had a little, I had one out here. Okay. Um, that sat out there through from when I think the spring, so spring equinox was when I started the batch. So I add to it, I pull out of it. What happens is it sits all that spikenard and that, because it's whole food. It's not like using essential oils, right? right? It's the whole food. And there's a there's a product when when the organic material decays, mm. 
it is absorbed into the oil. The oil is still absorbing it. So it's pulling in every bit of it instead of just after two and a half days going, okay, it's been in this water bath now for two and a half days. Now it's all, let's filter it and get it out of there and, and mm-hmm. just get on with it. This is more special. This is time sensitive stuff. This yeah. has this, uh, and it's really super good for like eczema, mm. um, acne. Mm-hmm. Um, yoni, super good for yoni. Uh, then I have one that is um that has mugwort and blue turmeric and yellow turmeric, okay, and peppercorns in it. That's actually better for the yoni. But the those are the those are the only oils that I do, and then I do the the Clio. The Cleo oil, which has does have essential oils in it. There's 13 different ingredients in there, and um, those that's pretty much my product line. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like to do is I've I've had so much fun experimenting with different jars. Um, the jars that I got, they come in different colors. They're all rainbow colors. I get to play with the rainbow every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, if I decide that I want to do one like I just did for yours, is like very important purple. Uh-huh. So you're a very Love important it. purple. So I did some special ones for you that have little... Um, Convo mail on them, little hearts. And I love that. Then you guys can give those out to people when you're doing interviews or whatever you're doing. And, and then they get the product. Yeah. Getting the product is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, I've had people come up to me and wanted to, to do like a big you know, let's do a big marketing thing on you and let's do, um, oh, we can get it out to, I had one guy that wanted a, had a pharmacy and was like, I want to buy like 600 jars of it. And I'm, I just laughed at him and I was like, no, yeah. it's small batch and I have fun doing it. And that would not be fun. Yeah. And you would take all of my inventory that I have and it's, that's not what this is about. What this is about is the people who need it, mm-hmm. find me. Mm. When I try to take it out and and have people represent the product, it falls flat. It does not sell. Yeah. But if I am approached like Mana, for example, I've been trying. I this has been a four year project with Mana, and mm-hmm. I every time I would have a new, I'd go in there and and Kim. I don't know if you know Kim or not. She's really know. great. She's in the vitamin room, and I'd go in there and she'd go, "Yep, yeah, not quite." And we'd go through the different all these different things. And we tried this and we tried that and this didn't work. And then finally, when we we got it to the place where it was like, all right, we're set. We got it. We got it. And now it's in mana and it's freaking flying off the shelves. Yeah. That's incredible. What advice would you give to somebody who's listening and has a natural product, whatever it may be? Maybe it's, maybe it's a a food that they're, that they're making or a vegetable that they're growing or, or whatever they're doing. And, And you've kind of talked about it throughout this conversation about, kind of letting things come to you or, or or having the stillness to know what direction to go next. But either can you elaborate on that or could you give some advice to people who are out there that are like, it's scary to just jump into to a lifestyle change of making something that's holistic or all natural that how do how because do I get first of all it? they're trying to industrialize it. They're trying mm. to say, okay, this works. Now how can I put 500 of them out there? That's not if you're small batch, that's what you we need to get back to small batch yeah. because all I don't take any pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals do not are not holistic mm-hmm. at all, and you know that kind of scares me from that standpoint because I'm a target, you mm-hmm. know, for the pharmaceutical companies because they don't want this, you know, they don't want this out there. Um, but as far as if someone has a natural product that works, does it cost a lot of money to make it? Mm. It shouldn't cost a lot of money to make it. Right, like when they have a product of trying to get into an apothecary or trying to get into those things, there's so many products like that. Mm-hmm. And my biggest challenge has been if I could just ha- have just two words to say to sell my product, it works. Mm-hmm. How many can say that? Mm-hmm. It works on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Every time anybody's, you know, it's like just try it, you know. I don't ha- think I've had one person come back to me and say it hasn't worked. I get a lot of people I never hear from again, so I figure it worked, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that's the best thing. As far as listening to what's going on, you have to just be, you have to sit in it. You have mm-hmm. to go, this is this product, whatever it is that I have, will help somebody 
Who mm-hmm. is it going to help? How do I get to that person? How does that person find me? Mm-hmm. Right? And it's not a matter of like tags, you know, or like healing, natural healing. No many leave. I mean, I, I get people all the time going, well, how, you know, how do people find you? And I'm like, it's cocononi.com. Mm-hmm. If people have used the product, if they have it, they know how to get to it. Yeah. People know how to find you, mm-hmm. right? If they need it, if they want you. So to put me out, like I had one gal, she's like, oh, I can get you so many responses on your website and get all these people to come in. It's like, I don't want them. Yeah. I do not. That those. I don't want people that are going to want the next best, greatest thing that they just spent $90 on something that doesn't work that, you know, before and then, and then come to me. It's like, no, I don't, I don't want to make a lot of sales that way. That's not what I want. I want the one person that really needs it and knows through the cosmos, they can find me. Mm-hmm. And they find me for through my friends, through people that have used it. Mm-hmm. I have um, poster boys all over the place. Yeah. Josh is one. Yeah. Right? He's the one that turned you, you know, yep. onto the whole thing. Um, I don't know if you know, um, Mitch Sanders is, he he travels to the mainland. He's a dirt biker. Okay. And he buys a bunch of it and takes, he's a guide for MBO for Mount, um, Mountain Bike Oregon. Okay. And when he, he's got tons of it he d- takes it and he yeah. you know when anybody gets hurt he he uses it he takes it he's got stickers on his van these are what people are like what is that right right once they get it once they use it they can go go to my website i would really prefer that they didn't i would prefer that they come to me and just dm me and let me sell direct because yeah. i can tailor it mm-hmm. there's things i can put in in my my brew that will help certain things. So for mm-hmm. a burn, for example, we can put honey in, in the mm-hmm. south, right? You don't want it in normally because it's sticky. Yeah. But for a burn, it's good, right? It yeah. works good for a burn. Um, and then there's, you know, there's other other things of like for for a baby, I will do less leaf, you know, mm. um, for cats and dogs. I mean, it works horses, yeah. uh, chickens. Use it on chickens. I love what you said about I'm small batch. I don't want anyone calling me up and being like, I want a thousand of these because that's stressful. And you're not doing this to be stressed out. You're not doing this to uh, buy a mansion. (laughs) the, The purpose behind this is so much bigger and different than what we're traditionally used to. And difference, not bad. Right. <laughs> but that's the mentality that you have to get to. Right. Of this is something, somebody comes up with a product and they go, oh, I can make money on this. Mm-hmm. That's their first thing of like, don't go for that. Go for this works. I want to help people. How yeah. do I get it to them? Right. Mm-hmm. And then whatever comes back is what comes back. It was years before I started charging for my stuff, mm-hmm. but I had the money, yeah. you know, and it wasn't, it doesn't cost that much because these, the leaves are free. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, um, you know, what is a thing of coconut oil? <clears throat> right. The most expensive is the beeswax. It's mm. like 20 bucks a pound for that beeswax, but it's the best beeswax. And yeah. it, that's the absolute first thing I buy if I need, you know, is beeswax. Because it is, whenever this happens and the grid goes down and somebody gets hurt, people know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I can get them and I don't care if you pay me or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you got some food, you know, sure, I'll take it if yeah. if that works out. But it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. It's it's whatever you want to give me, then you know that's fine. I want to um, wrap up by asking you a question that I ask all of our guests. If you could sit down and have a conversation with someone like me and you are sitting here today having a conversation, and they could be living or dead, who would you like to sit down with and have a conversation with? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think he's I think he's the answer if he makes it through this to mm-hmm. to the problems with big pharma with you know all the stuff that's going on. I don't know if he'll make it or not, but he he has the exact same mindset that I do of we're not here to make war, we're here for peace. We're here mm-hmm. for helping the people that need it and not taking food stamps away to pay for wars. Mm-hmm. You know, it's backwards. It's not the way that we do it. And he's got all that, he's got everything to back it up. He's done yeah. this research. He's done his homework. He, um, I know a lot of people, I just went through this with my, with my sister of, I came out kind of like, yeah. okay, I'm going to, 
because I've been quiet. You know, as uh-huh. I've been this, watching this whole thing is I don't want I don't want to get triggered. I don't want people get, telling me I'm wrong. Yeah. And it's not a matter of being wrong. It's a matter of we can agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Why do you like him? Why do you not like him? You know, what is it that you like about him? Have you have you sat down and listened to a speech, mm-hmm. you know, versus if you to listen to him talk? Right. Instead of just saying he's an anti-vaxxer and, you know, it's like, so, but, but that's, there's so many people that are listening and, and are, are, this is what I love about this forum mm-hmm. and about Substacks and about um, what you just turned me on to the other day of Free Press. Yeah. Right. People actually being able to have a voice and not mm-hmm. be censored. Yep. That is so important. And it's important in everything that we do because we need to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. We need to have that conversation with the person who, why do you want to vote for that person and without going, he's right and he's wrong? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It, what, what you need to know why. Maybe help me out. You know, and that's mm-hmm. what Kennedy's about is that Kennedy's like, if, if I'm wrong, show me where I'm wrong. Yes. Or if I, I will admit that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And that is like, who else in politics is going to admit that? I love that. I do love that um, a- about him specifically is if I'm wrong, someone please show me the study. Right. Please show me where my thinking is wrong or off. Right. And you're right. We and that's what I love about this podcast and about so many of the guests I've had is whether I agree with them, whether I disagree with them. I'm just so happy to hear their point of view and learn from them and learn how we're different because just going, this is the only way. And if you're not on this track, you're wrong. That's where this conflict comes in. That's where all this divide comes in. And if we can't get to a point where we can't at least talk to each other and like you said, agree to disagree, but here's why, and I'll show you my why and and if you're interested, if you're not, yeah. that's fine. Exactly. It's fine. But I'm not right. And you're not right. And it's like, we we, we have our own opinions. We have our yeah. own beliefs. Another one is Charles Eisen, Eisenstein. Mm. He's um, he's backing um, Kennedy on this. If you haven't heard from him, I'll send you the stuff. But yeah. he's um, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. And about this world and what this world is, what we're at, where we're at right now in a lot of different realms, not just in this in this reality. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really good to have all of those. You got to bring that for the spiritual people. Mm-hmm. Spiritual people is not Marianne Williamson. Sorry, you know, right. it's just not like when you're spiritual, you're spiritual to God, to the divine, not to pray and not to people and say, this is what I believe. Mm. And that's what you need to do. Because that's what it says in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. When you're spiritual, that means that you have the divine love. And that divine love is I want to do the right thing. And I feel this is the right thing. If it's not the right thing that I, you know, if I do it anyway, then I'm going to take whatever consequence I'm going to get for that. Mm-hmm. You know, like being an alcoholic for that long, you know, mm-hmm. sure, it didn't help my, my, stuff right now but but it was also what helped to get me here and you can't dismiss it or say that was wrong or that was bad Mm -hmm. it was a part of my life and it was what helped me get through of like to say no that's not good for me and to try to stay away from it and this is what helps me stay away from it is to help other people I just want to thank you so much for inviting me in and inviting us in to be a part of this and to tell your story and to to share it with all our listeners. And um, I mean, I just I feel very honored. and I feel very grateful to to hear it. And once again, the universe has got my back by bringing you here. Mm. Right. Yeah. You found your way to me through Joshi. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm. I, I actually after that, I said, I need to talk to this woman. And he's like, be patient. Yeah. And it was like, then you got a hold of me and I was like, you're right. I just had to wait. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's, he's a pretty good teacher. That one. He is. All well, right. thank you so much. And um, I'm, I'm just so grateful. Thank you for thank being you. a part of this. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener of Conversation Mill. The podcast is growing, but we need your continued support in the form of comments, likes, and subscriptions. If you've enjoyed even one episode, please take two minutes to comment under the episode or the podcast itself, or rate the podcast. Hitting the subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast helps tremendously. Every like and subscribe helps me support local businesses and local nonprofits by giving them a platform to tell their stories. 
Together, we can foster the understanding, diversity, and economies that make our individual communities flourish while creating our own community here at Conversation Mill. Also, you can join us at conversationmill.substack.com where you can become a member and receive weekly member-only content, including member-only episodes. I look forward to sharing a new conversation with you next week. And as always, thank you for your support.